Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 127. And today we are here via Skype with Nick Hinton. Nick, what's up, brother? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So, Nick, you are the author of the Saturn Time Cube Simulation. Is that yes, correct? Sir. How how long ago yep. did that book come out? Um, in September. On September 22nd, I released it. Awesome, man. So for everybody listening right now, can you give us a quick uh, backstory of who you are and uh, what you specialize in? Yeah, so I mean, I'm Nick Hinton. I just have always been a thinker, I guess. I've always just been questioning things. And honestly, for a very long time, all I've wanted to do with my life is exactly what I'm starting to do right now. So this is honestly all these podcasts and people want to talk to me is a huge blessing and I'm very lucky to uh, very lucky to get to do stuff like this. So, like I said, thanks for having me on. Um, of course. And yeah, I'm just not really a philosopher, but maybe one day I will be considered one. Yeah. But right now, I'm just a thinker and a truth seeker and just someone trying to get this information out there. Rock and roll, man. So the first time that I heard of you and. Um, Maybe would would you consider this the time that you uh, went quote unquote viral? Was when the the did the end world in two thousand twelve thread came out? Yeah, that was the huge huge thread. That's pretty much what made me go viral. I mean, right before that, I had released the. Um, sorry, let me turn my phone off. No worries. <laughs> but right, but right before that, I had just released the Saturn Time Cube thread. And um, that went like semi-viral. It got like thousands of retweets, but nothing close to the 2012 thing. But I think uh, the Saturn thread is what got me a little bit more of an audience of, of people who are interested in those types of things. Got you. And so so that's what really blew up the 2012 thread. And I think the 2012 thread was like easier for people to understand. So that one went huge. Got you. So before we get into that one, because that one is extremely interesting to me, um, could you give us a quick breakdown of what the Saturn Time Cube simulation is? Yeah. Um, so there is no like easy way to go about explaining this because it's so you know there's so much that goes into it, and that's why I had to do the thread. That's why I had to write a book about it because it's really hard to explain. But basically, it all stems from the fact that there is a giant twenty thousand mile wide hexagon on top of Saturn. And a lot of ancient religions, um, they worship Saturn. They worship Saturn. And a lot of the gods that we hear about from antiquity actually originated from Saturn, such as Kronos, which was the god of time. And, um, you know, so the, in a lot of movies these days, there's the time cube, you know, the Tesseract, which is in, like, Avengers and um, Transformers and... Um, Interstellar, 2001 Space Odyssey, there's mm. kind of a reference to the to the time cube. Um, and yeah, so it, all, the time cube is always associated with Saturn. And so I kind of like break it down and go into a lot of detail about how I think that this cube is a representation of like our reality. I think that the cube is um, symbolic of the simulation, the time cube that we live in. Like, so there's these giant black cubes that are um, quantum computers. They're they're called D-wave quantum computers, and the creator of them even says that we use these computers to interface with parallel universes and you know look in other dimensions and all this crazy stuff. So I think that the nature of our reality is something like that, something like a quantum computer. So it's all based on simulation theory. 
and religions and pop culture and myths and stuff like that. So when it comes to um, conspiracy theories, do you feel your your uh, interest going more towards uh, those kind of theories? R- yeah, than, I kind of like, like JFK or anything. The, yeah, I like to focus on like the broader scope. Like I, I used to dig deep into all that stuff, like you know, Illuminati and assassinations and like you know, just Satanism and stuff like that, like Satanism in high places, you know, these secret societies. But I kind of strayed away from that because I think it all ties into Saturn. I think Satan is Saturn, you know, because there's a six-sided shape on top of its North Pole. It's the sixth planet from the sun. Saturn day is the sixth day of the week. And that's the day that the black mass happens where Satanists go to worship. So I think all of this Satanist crap is like a diluted version of what the original religion was, which was Saturn worship. So they're really worshiping Saturn. Wow. Now, your book that you released, how, how long is it? How many pages is it? It's like 100 pages. 100 pages. And, and what do you retail that for? Um, I just did a sale for $17. I'll probably bring it back down to 17 on some random days, but it's usually 22 And where can people purchase that at? Um, just on my Twitter. Okay, got you. So all of this, uh, this newfound uh, attention. How is uh, how have you been dealing with it? Um, I it's really cool, and it's you know it's what I've always wanted. Sometimes it can be extremely overwhelming, and like stressful. But you know, for the most part, like I said, it's what I've always wanted. So I have to be grateful for it, and I have to learn how to deal with it. Yeah, it's crazy with this uh, like content creating stuff, man. You never know when the the right person is gonna hear it. Or when you're going to get that quote-unquote break, you know? Right, yeah. It seems like I, like when I was struggling to try and go viral or whatever, just be heard, I was like, it must be all luck. But, you know, I think all success, even, you know, I don't like to consider viralness on the internet success. But I, I consider, like, you know, I think the key is persistence. You know, you're bound to find that lucky break if you're always throwing stuff out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you were just on the uh, the Sam Tripoli the uh, Tinfoil Hat podcast, right? Yeah, that that, that must have been cool. pretty big for you. Yeah, that was awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, good for you, dude. You know, uh, like I said, we've been doing the automotive stuff for ten plus years now, and that's like one of my interests. Another one of my interests is conspiracy theories and you know, like alternative thinking um yeah and uh with this podcast man i'm i i didn't expect it to be as well received as it is and and that's really motivating and it just keeps me going more and more and just having conversations like this man this is nothing that would ever have transferred over to the automotive community if i would have stuck in that so right right i totally get what you mean with you just got to keep throwing it out there and uh you see what sticks so um the the one that really brought my interest to you and i'm not even sure how i did see it was about the the world ending in 2012 and um if i was just to bring this up to just like a a random friend or something they they would automatically think that i'm crazy so for one can you uh can you give us kind of uh the the breakdown of that and then after that i want to know how you explain these kind of things to somebody who's not really even into conspiracy theories i know that's like a loaded question but Yeah. Well, I mean, so the whole idea that the world ended in 2012 stemmed from the fact that, you know, the Mayan calendar says that it's going to be the end of an age. So 
I was thinking maybe metaphorically this world ended, you know, the world as we know it ended and a new world started. Yeah. And that's kind of what the calendar was exactly trying to say. And, um, but also in 2012, something weird happened where, you know, CERN, which is this giant uh, facility in Switzerland, they smash atoms together at near light speed and they're looking for other dimensions and mini black holes and all sorts of crazy stuff. And Stephen Hawking actually said that, um, you know, he was worried that them doing experiments like this could actually cause a catastrophic vacuum decay, which is basically where the universe just is gone. It's just destroyed. And he was, Stephen Hawking was sincerely worried about that. Mm -hmm. And so in 2012, they found the Higgs boson, the God particle, what they'd always been looking for. That's the thing that Stephen Hawking was scared of. And it seems like, you know, since 2012, there's just been a lot of rapid change. You know, it seems like time's speeding up, you know, it seems like the world is in chaos. It seems like, and, and the other thing is the Mandela effects. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're familiar with those, but yeah. all the small changes in history, it's almost as if we've switched over to another timeline where our history is just a tiny bit tweaked. Like the one I always like to bring up is Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. Like I remember Chick-fil-A being C-H-I-C filet and not C-H-I-C-K. When I tell people that, so many people are like mind blown by that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are kind of numb to the Berenstein, Berenstain one because they're like, yeah, whatever. Like I've heard that so much. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A one is like, dude, I can remember driving in the car, passing Chick-fil-A and being like, why the fuck they spell like that? I don't <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. This looks weird. And then when I saw it with the K, I was like, no freaking way, dude. I know I had those thoughts before. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you think there's any way to prove that? uh that there's um that our memory would be correct as far as uh over history quote-unquote history so i'm not like super smart at quantum mechanics i don't i don't think it's it's so confusing to try and you know understand all that stuff but um so i personally don't think there really is a way but a few of my friends who are really well versed in this stuff they think that it might be possible to create a quantum blockchain and so don't ask me how this works but basically something along the lines of you would have information that's quantumly entangled and if that entanglement ever broke then you would know that history actually changed but right now we really don't have a way you know because you can't study the physical world and look for physical evidence if that stuff is changing you know what i mean yeah 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 and so uh, the second part of my question how do you have these conversations with uh like a quote unquote, just normal thinking person, or do you kind of just strive away from that? Um, I mean, so with all the stuff going on, I don't really meet too many people anymore that aren't into it. I feel like the world is changing so much and that there's so much like stuff in the news and just like so much stuff going on that a lot of people are questioning the reality. And that's why I think right now is the right time. And that's why that stuff went viral is because people are actually their consciousness is, I, I think we're going through a co like an evolution of consciousness. I think our consciousnesses are raising and we really are entering a new world. And so I think people are starting to question a lot more. So it's a lot easier to talk to people. But when there are non-believers who just like come up to me and ask me questions, I will just, you know, bring them in subtly. Like don't throw it all in their yeah. face all, all at once. Or like, you know how I use the threads. It's like, you start off with a very basic thing and then you explain that, explain that, explain that. And then you connect the dots for them rather than be like, you know, you know, like the crazy conspiracy theorists with the stuff all over the walls and like the red, you know, the red yeah. thread. 
so so what is the what's the theory that you like to start off with which to like ease somebody into it i don't know um i mean i think saturn time cube is just my favorite one to talk about in general because when you just point out to people that there's literally a giant hexagon that nasa found on top of saturn that's already piquing people's interest because you know they trust the average person trusts NASA, kind yeah. of. And so they're like, oh, wow, that's a real thing that I just haven't heard about. Yeah. And then you bring it to history, and you're like, well, they used to call Saturn Kronos the, the god of time. And it's just like, you know. Got you. So, so there's, there's actual pictures of of this hexagon on the top of Saturn? Yeah, you can just search up Saturn's hexagon. There's a whole Wikipedia article. <laughs> Whoa. And it's on NASA's website. That's and there's also articles on, on NASA about um, the creepy sounds coming from Saturn. There's these really, they call it the eerie sound of Saturn. And so all this whole conspiracy has to do with frequencies and stuff like that. So I'm like, if Saturn really is emitting a frequency, that's creating a simulation that sounds wild if I don't connect all the dots. But it makes sense that there'd be creepy, creepy sounds coming from Saturn. So like I said, if you just have, if you present all the information in a very organized way, it just winds up and makes sense. Now, when you are going to um, make one of these threads, uh, everybody listening, I want you to go ahead and check out his Twitter. Uh, we'll have it the link below. But you have a lot. I think you have a thread of all your threads, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of them that I see is like Flat Earth, um, Denver Airport, Deja Vu, things like that. Uh, how do you go about deciding which thread that you want to make? And how, what's, the, what's that <clears throat> process like? Um, I've actually never made a flat earth thread just, just to, okay, got just, you, got you, got just you. to put that out in the open. I don't want to trigger anyone and have them be like, oh my God, he's, he's crazy. He's an idiot because I <laughs> refuse, I refuse to talk about flat earth or globe earth. I, I look at reality as a realm. It's just the dimension that we exist in. I don't know what the shape is. I've never been up in the sky. Got you, got you. Okay. So, but, um, when I'm deciding what thread I want to make, it's literally just what I'm interested in at the time. It's mm -hmm. easy to write about if I'm really interested in, in like studying it at the time, you know. And how long does something like that take you before you're ready to post it? Literally all day. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. Sometimes they can be so short and you read them in like 20 minutes and I'm like, oh my God, I spent all day doing this, you know. Yeah. Doing this like 20 tweet thread. I was like, I can't believe that. But yeah, it takes a lot of like mental energy. <laughs> so, um. Are you going to uh, evolve the threads into some other form of uh, of medium, maybe so like a podcast or videos or something like that? Um, I have people who are talking to me that they want to turn my threads into videos. I already have a YouTube channel where I thought about talking about conspiracies, but I'm not really super interested in that. I just want to turn the remaining threads into a second book, just in case all of the other, in case it all gets deleted somehow, or if you just want to have it like with you you know, in physical form. So you can't lose it, you know, because you can't ever really yeah. trust Twitter or the internet in general. Um, and then, you know, I just have other projects in mind. Like I'm working on uh, this app right now. I mean, I'm not personally developing it, but I work with the team. And um, we also are looking at turning some of the projects we're doing with the app into like a documentary. And then, I'm also, I'm also at heart, I'm just an artist, so I really want to get into music and art and writing and like poetry and get into that again. Oh, so really? I might, 
yeah, so I might get away from conspiracies for a while and just, you know, go off on a different tangent and just do art, you know? Yeah. So, uh, like, what would you specifically want to be doing? Uh, making music and just, and honestly, just still talking, just talking to people and inspiring them. Yeah. That's sick, man. Um, I definitely think podcasts is, is, is a great platform for that. And it's super yeah. easy too. You know, you, the equipment is fairly inexpensive and to get it out there is, uh, it's, it's not that difficult at all. And one of the good things about podcasting is there's not really anybody that can pull it down such as on, on yeah. YouTube or Twitter or something like that. I could just imagine one day waking up and your Twitter getting blocked or banned or whatever. And then right. all your hard work is just gone. Now with these, um, with these subjects that you go over, have you, have you felt any sort of like, uh, pressure or threat to not speak about certain things? Oh yeah, for sure. There's really? definitely certain things. Well, I've never been told not to talk about something, but there's certain things I won't touch on for certain reasons. Got you. Just because I know that there's super, you know, there's things that you can get away with and they don't really mind you saying because some of them are so ridiculous that they don't expect people to believe it anyways, you know. But if you get really, really, you know, detailed, that's why I focus on the broader scope. Yeah. Because, but I still feel like that's helping people, you know what I mean? If you're opening, if I'm able to open up enough people's minds they will do the research on their own after that they'll they'll get that spark you know they'll get yeah. they'll get interested and they will figure out the rest for themselves if i can just you know be that ignition that gets people going i'm happy with that so you you'd rather open the door rather than focus on one specific event that uh could cause some red flags to to come up yeah yeah got you got you um one that really interests me a lot and uh, I've done my, uh, you know, YouTube research on it as as valid as that would be. I don't know, but is the uh, is the the theory of the inner Earth? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've tried to explain this to people before, especially about the uh, the Admiral Bird uh, who actually supposedly flew in there. So, uh, can you give us your knowledge on it? Um, I mean, inner Earth to me is kind of just like. It's almost, it's talked about in every single religion. Like, I love going back to myth and religion in order to describe these things because I feel like when you hear about a conspiracy, that's just like the modern day myth, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I mean, Hinduism, Buddhism, even even Christianity talks about underworld. There was, I think you pronounce it Sheol, which was not the real hell, which was not the real hell. It was just like a purgatory type place. And so, you know, there's just so many religions that talk about different layers of the underworld. And I kind of believe that's just, that's just how it is. So I honestly, yeah, I don't believe that the world is flat. I think it's probably hollow and that there's different layers in there and probably an inner sun and that there's these civilizations under there as well. But I mean, even then it could still, we could still describe that as dimensions. You could say that's different layers of reality. Hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be globe-like in order for there to be different layers because, you know, a bunch of different religions say there's seven heavens and seven layers of hell. Got you. How much time do you, uh, have you spent on researching, like, uh, inner earth? Um, it's not like my main subject that I study, but it is very, very interesting to me. Got you. So what is something that, that 
when you hear about a theory, something that uh, sparks your interest, what are what are kind of the things that, that you gravitate towards? I like stuff that ties into spirituality. Like for me, the simulation theory, you know, that ties into just like, you know, there's the Gnostics who said that reality was, well, they used the word H-A-L, Hall, which literally means simulation. So the Gnostics, that I, I consider myself kind of a Gnostic. Um, you know, the Christians say you're not from this world. The Buddhists would call it an illusion. Hindus would call it samsara, which is the cycle of death and rebirth. And so I think simulation ties into spirituality in that way. It's not the real world. You know, it's an illusion. It's a, it's kind of a prison for the soul. And so I think it's just an updated word that, you know, we relate to more because we're surrounded by technology, but it still means the same thing that they've always been talking about. But yeah, to answer your question, I just love stuff that I can tie into spirituality. Got you. So, as far as uh, the simulation theory, would you uh, would you say it's the closest to like the movie The Matrix for people to understand? Yeah, I think The Matrix is a good way to understand simulation theory. I mean, whether we are inside of a giant computer or not, I still believe reality is simulation like because it's a literally scientific fact that your brain is just taking electrical impulses and turning it into, you know, what you're experiencing. Yeah. So um, that brings me to the next topic is uh, deja vu, which is a, a, a real crazy one um, because pretty much everybody experiences that. But no one really has an answer to why it happens. Um, right. If we yeah, could dive so into that a little. Yeah, so I don't have like a definite answer. I don't know anything for sure. It's fun to experiment with ideas and try and make guesses. But, you know, a few plausible ways that it could work is that, you know, maybe there are alternate timelines, you know, like with Mandela effect, you know, and they're like crossing over or something and you're kind of in a crossroads. Or maybe, you know, you've been reincarnated like, you know, millions, uh, countless amount of times and, you know, you've been in the same situation before. And maybe that deja vu is like, hey, here's that lesson that you failed before, or here's, you know, this person you were supposed to meet, you know, just, like, kind of, like, tapping you on the shoulder, like, remember this? Or maybe it's, um, maybe it's kind of like your higher self talking to you or something like that. You know, maybe your higher self has already experienced this before because they've already, you know, they're beyond time. So there's a bunch of different ways that it could possibly be explained. Now, what about something that's built into your DNA from, uh, from, maybe past like past lives yeah like epigenetic memory yeah yeah i mean it could be something like that too um you know it's weird like a lot of people well i i feel like a lot of people carry you know this is like an old phrase but carry the sins of their family or whatever carry the sins of your father you know you have to overcome the karma that's in your family yeah i think that i think if your bloodline doesn't overcome certain lessons that it's passed on to you and it's up to you to overcome those lessons so yeah oh no you literally are walking around with your ancestors surrounding you they actually are in your blood they actually are in your cells you know like when you were forming in your mother's womb all of those you know it took i guess nutrients and stuff from your mom and you know your father's seed and you know that's all connected to all these different parts of your family tree it's crazy how that you know and then at the bottom of it all, we're all connected to the earth. Yeah, definitely. And um, 
I I don't know where I saw it or, or heard it, but it, there was about um, maybe you know this uh, like they would do the experiments on rats is when they would hear a certain sound, uh, they would get um, you know that they would I don't know if they would hurt them or something, but um, generations and generations later of of rats, they would hear that same sound and and they would be under distress and the certain action wouldn't be happening to that generation. It was like it was yeah. inside of their DNA. Right, yeah. I've heard that experiment too. And actually, another experiment kind of similar that fascinates me is um, the 100th monkey effect comes from this experiment or the study, I guess, where they noticed monkeys on this secluded island were learning how to, I think they were learning how to fish or something, but anyways, they're using tools. And so all the way across the ocean monkeys across the ocean started to pick up on that same behavior at the same time. So they, yeah. Wow. So it was, they kind of theorized that after so many people or after so many, um, you know, members of a species learn something that it just kind of clicks and then everyone knows it automatically. That's what they call the hundredth monkey effect. And so that's kind of why I think like raising consciousness is spreading so fast. Like, hmm. and it's so easy to do right now through podcasts and stuff like that. If we can get, you know, a huge portion of humanity just to get a little bit of, you know, raise their conscience just a little bit above what they are at now, it'll be maybe hundredth monkey effect. And then everyone will just, you know, kind of be dragged up along with the, with the rest of everyone, you know, dude, that's wild, man. I never heard of that. That's a, uh... you know, the thing about, um, about deja vu, I don't know why, but me personally, I always take it as, something negative so when i get that feeling of deja vu i always want to do something that is very different than i would be doing in say i'm driving you know i would actually make like a different turn than i wouldn't even want to make because sometimes when i have that feeling of deja vu it's kind of like something bad is coming i don't know if uh when when you experience it, what what is your thought of, of deja vu as it's happening? Is it just are you just conscious of the action happening or I mean, so it's different all the time, but I mean I I under, I understand what you mean. Like um that's kind of like how I said that maybe deja vu happens because you know we're all being reincarnated, we're in this cycle where you've experienced some of the same things like countless amounts of times. And so I think that's a good way. To, to deal with it though is to break the cycle go a different route you know change up your life i, I like that idea yeah now um i don't know if it's on on the realm of the things that that you're interested or knowledgeable about but are you familiar with uh lucid dreaming yeah yeah i lucid dream quite a, quite a bit really yeah so does it happen naturally or you put yourself in that state yeah it, it's always happened naturally i don't really try to do it and I've tried to astral project, but I can't really do that because my I'm not very focused. You know, it's hard to just sit still for 20 minutes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So but, I mean, I hope to learn how to do it someday. But yeah, I've had plenty of lucid dreams where I just know that I'm dreaming and it seems pr like, like pretty real. You know. Yeah. So are are you able to uh, actually control your actions while you're in this state, or is it just that you know that you're dreaming? Um, I mean, yeah, you can totally control yourself. Like, um, for me, I go lucid mostly at the end of nightmares, which sounds messed up, but I mean, it's like, so one time I was driving and I like in a dream 
I was driving and I drove off a bridge into the ocean, but then I realized this isn't really happening. You're just dreaming. And I, it sounds ridiculous, but I got out of the car midair and then I caught the car because I didn't want my car to crash. And then I woke up. <laughs> I just yeah. caught it in my <laughs> I guess most dreams are ridiculous anyway. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just find it so interesting, even dreams themselves. You know, um, at, at nighttime, I, I like to smoke a lot because my brain is just racing all the time. And if I were to leave it up to, to natural sleep, it's going to be two, three in the morning and just me eyes open, you know, thinking about car parts or <laughs> tasks that we have to do tomorrow or what have you. But with right. people who do smoke a lot, it kind of, um, it, it stops you from having uh REM sleep. And, uh, I, from w watching Joe Rogan, it kind of explained it like that, when you when you go through a, a a detox that you end up having extremely vivid dreams and um dude sometimes when that happens it's kind of like it's freaky yeah i'm sure dude i'm like they're really intense yeah extremely man and it it's it, it will be like uh damn dude i'll i'll wake up from that dream and it really I don't know, man. I, I don't feel rested. I kind of feel like I was just living this other dream life. And then I wake up and I'm like, okay, now time to, to go live my physical life. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress-up needs. Get it poppin' over here. We have all the kits for the K-Series, the B-Series, the transmission, the mounts, the engine, the Toro, baby. We have the hardware for the seats, for the stereo. We got it for the speakers. We got it for the lug nuts. We got it for the air valves. We got it for everything, dog. So you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up, fool. You can even text us, lame, 818-937-3472. Just shoot us a text and tell us what's up, dog. I need some fucking boss in this bitch hit us up downstarting.com hey and if you got an instagram slide in our fucking dm at downstar wait hit up the homie frank underscore downstar he's the one that takes care of all the dms hit that level up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely yeah no i i definitely believe that we do go somewhere else at night I think we go to like the astral plane or whatever, you know, whether you're astral projecting or lucid dreaming or just like regular dreaming, you know, I still think it all takes place in a higher realm. And so it is possible to come back tired. Like I've heard that from people <laughs> that if you're running around a bunch, it's possible to come back more tired than you started off. I need to chill, bro. I, wa I want to just yeah. chill on my dream. <laughs> now, now speaking uh, of smoking, do you, um, do you do any sort of drugs? No, I don't really smoke or do anything like that. Have you ever done uh, DMT? I have done DMT like uh, I think seven years ago. And I, I was pretty young, so I had no idea what I was doing. My buddy, I was friends with a bunch of like kind of older kids. And I was still in high school, but I went to my friend's condo. And he um, he was making it. And he just told me to try it. And I was like, all right, whatever. I wasn't expecting anything, so I wasn't really afraid to. Yeah. And so... As soon as I hit it, there's just a kaleidoscope that explodes in your face. Mm. And yeah, just colors and shapes and everything. And then 
it all cleared away and then I was like literally in a different place like I was when we did it we were sitting outside in chairs on a porch and it was like a beautiful day out so it was like really good vibes whatever and um but so once all the shapes cleared away I was still sitting in a chair but this time my dude wasn't next to me and there were just infinite chairs going around into like a circle that went into the horizon and I couldn't see the end of them and there was like purple mountains and purple clouds and all this crazy shit and I didn't meet any beings like people talk about. I didn't see anything. Yeah. I was just sitting there. And then, like, before I knew it, it, it wasn't long at all, but before I knew it, I was falling through the ground and back into the sky of, like, the real world or whatever. I was going like this, and, like, there was trails, like, just millions of my hands. And, like, I was just looking at my hand. They all smacked together, and I was done. And I was just like, whoa. It's a really short trip, isn't it? Yeah, but my one buddy... He did it, and, you know, I can't say if this is a fact or not because I don't know, but, I mean, I don't think he's a liar or anything, but yeah. he told me that when he did a DMT trip one time, he literally came out of the womb, was reborn, lived a whole nother life that felt like 30 years, and he became a heroin addict in this other life and died and then woke up and was back in his real world. Wow. You know, I actually saw that on an episode of Rick and Morty, something like that. But they did that? Uh, no, it wasn't it wasn't exactly that, but it was uh I think it was like they went into some sort of machine and you end up living and the dude's living like a terrible life where he goes to work, he hates his job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you just come that. out and we're like, Hey, how was your ride? You're like, What the hell? Yeah. The, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of something that really scares me about doing anything other than uh, marijuana is, you know, especially like um, hallucinogens or, or something like that, is that what happens if you end up going into that and, um, you know, time, the, the concept of time kind of just disappears and mm -hmm. it could be 10 minutes in our time, but you could be living another life in the other right yeah now have you yeah dude, it is scary have you thought since um you've obviously become more knowledgeable about these kind of subjects in the last seven years have you thought about uh revisiting say dmt or maybe shrooms or something like that yeah i'm thinking about doing shrooms because i heard from terrence mckenna that they look for you you don't look for them hmm. and, and you know you're supposed to you're not supposed to seek them out. It's kind of just when you're ready type of thing. And if you're meant to do them, they'll kind of find you. And like, so lately my buddy's just been asking me and I'm like, maybe this is how the shrooms find you. But <laughs> I haven't felt like totally mentally prepared for it yet. Cause I like, I want to totally detox. Like I've been eating shit food. I want to like start working out again. And then like, once I feel totally clean, I'll probably, I'll probably do some. Yeah. I've been thinking about it too. I've never done them before, but, uh, if, if it, uh, if the opportunity comes up and if my wife is cool with it, I'll definitely do it for sure. Yeah. Hope we have well, I mean, you know, they're, they're legal in like Colorado now, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. But, so, you know, there's obviously medicinal, you know, positive benefits to it if they're legalizing it. So, yeah, I think I would want to have somebody around me that's uh, that's actually done them before and that I can trust around instead of me just doing it by myself in the garage and yeah know, yeah going nuts definitely don't sit in the garage while you do it <laughs> <laughs> now um, but, i mean i did do i did do them before i forgot but like not enough to like see anything crazy it's like me and my friend like split an eighth and we were literally just standing outside in the rain and looking at the rain fall down the wall and we're just like dude that's beautiful but that was yeah. like as intense 
that was like as intense as it got. <laughs> yeah, I think that most people that I've ever talked to, that's the way that they take it, you know, just uh, at a party or something like that, a bonfire. But my, I would want to take it to actually see what I can experience, like try to try to make right. sense I'll of it all. Yeah, I would do it these days for spiritual purposes, not just like, oh, this looks fun. You know, I want to <laughs> be totally ready. Yeah, I want to be totally ready, like sitting somewhere where I feel like, okay, this is purposeful. This is meaningful. I'm in a good environment, you know, like, and yeah. have an intention with it. Definitely. Have you ever been in a deprivation tank before? Yeah, I have actually. Sweet. Uh, first time was scary as hell. I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't really, well, I personally have a fear of water. Mm. So like, it was just really fucking terrifying for me to sit in this pitch black chamber, just like with water floating there. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm going to get eaten by a shark. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but, um, second time I managed to calm myself down and I actually experienced time dilation. Like you sit in the, at the place I go to, they time you for an hour. Okay. And, and so once I like got relaxed, I sat there and it was like, the thing was already beeping and going off. I was like, dude, what? It felt like literally I, I struggled to relax. Once I finally did, it's like the thing went off. Yeah, and it felt like twenty minutes at the most. I was like, "Did you put me in for last time?" He's like, "No, that was an hour." It's like, what the hell? Wild man. I w I would definitely recommend that to anybody. Anybody here in California, um, in uh, in LA, they have the Float Lab, and that's the one that Joe Rogan always talks about. But we went to do that in uh, in Westwood. That's by the like, UCLA campus. Uh, we went in there, and uh, m me and uh, two of my cousins, we went, and uh, they said it was for two hours. I'm like, dude, that's a long two hours. Two hours, dude. Jesus. Like, that's a long-ass <laughs> time. But as soon as I was able to just relax, like, the, the thoughts just started coming in, man. Um, the only thing I wish is that there was some sort of recorder or something that I could just speak into because you're just getting these thoughts just – rushing into your head and when it's done it's just kind of like a dream too when you get out of there you know you shower up and get out and you're talking to to whoever you went with and you kind of forget those ideas that uh that you did have but after that dude i ended up having some business ideas and um you know just about even changing stuff up at the shop and it's just really yeah. really motivating you know i i think that um this this time that we really live in is just you're just go 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 all the time and you don't really have any time to chill or, or, or to spend with your thoughts and then like i said when i fall asleep then i'm living my other life and doing crazy ass shit in there. <laughs> right and i never get to relax. wonder if they have float tanks in the astral realm yeah i know i need to go visit <laughs> one of those but um one thing that i found that always helped me as well and i i wanted to ask you if you uh, if you're familiar with it is a uh, meditation yeah, I used to meditate every morning for like, I went on like this 30 day thing where I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up super early. I'm going to take a cold shower. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to run. I'm going to do all this crazy stuff, write down my goals and blah, blah. And that was like the most productive, best month, best I ever felt. And so, yeah, I was meditating for a while. And then just like with all this craziness, like just constantly typing, you know, just fucking answering emails, answering money orders, like just so much stuff going on but i definitely need to take a break and like like i said just that's what i want to do i want to release the the final book of conspiracies at least for a while and just work on my art and kind of like focus on myself again because that was like when i was super i was even more productive mm -hmm. because i was so 
laser beam focus. Like there is no chatter in my brain, you know? Yeah, definitely. So when you're uh, meditating, uh, I know a lot of people do it differently. What was your steps that, that you would take? I prefer Zen meditation, which, um, you know, so to start with Zen meditation or maybe this isn't Zen. I think it's Zazen. I don't know. I mean, someone, someone will probably be like, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about, but the method <laughs> I used, <laughs> the method I used was just, you know, with your breaths, you count to 10 over and over and over and over again. Cause it keeps you focused because like, if you go to 11, then you're like, Oh shit, I got to start back over. And so that's what I did in the float tank too. When I experienced like that time dilation, I was like, there's no way I counted 10, like a thousand times. Mm. Got you, got you. Yeah, I really got into meditation when I uh, read the book from uh, Russell Simmons. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I think it's called uh, Success Through Stillness or something. It's not really a, a terribly long book, but basically breaks down the, the benefits of meditating. And basically what it is is 20 minutes twice a day, sit Indian style and just uh, just repeat the mantra inside of your head. And when uh, another thought would come up, try to focus back on the mantra. And, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many uh, different types of meditation. Like some Buddhist uh, monks, they have a type where it's like, you can, you can wrestle with the thoughts all you want. Like you can, you can become over, you can become consumed with your thoughts. Like that's, that's one method, but that definitely is probably the toughest one to do and not something I would do. But I've heard that you can even... You know, they say, like, just observe your thoughts. Well, some people actually wrestle with them. Yeah. But, I mean, a part, one of my favorite things to do when I was meditating is it was summertime here in Ohio, so it was super nice out when I was doing all this stuff. And um, I would actually go outside and, like, have my, like, go barefoot and just, like, sit in the grass and just, like, mm. be in the sun as it was coming up in the morning. And it was just, like, it was just awesome. Dope, man. So what's the significance by, behind the uh, cold shower? Cold shower is something I learned from Wim Hof. Um, have you heard of him? No. So Wim Hof is the ice man. He's like literally learned how to do just like superhuman stuff. Like he has climbed Everest in his shorts. He's like, yes. he's got okay. the, yeah, he's like got the world record for uh, swimming underneath ice and like some super cold water. And, you know, he's ran a marathon in the desert barefoot and he drank a coffee before he started he drank a beer when he was done like he he dude he's like a superhuman but he says it's all due to taking cold showers and basically his form of meditation which is like super deep breathing hmm that's funny my son like, he actually put me on to that guy he was telling me about it yeah dude he's awesome um he was being studied by some university like some scientist at a university and he can literally like they had him in this vat of ice and his internal temperature inside of his body was raising. He was controlling his own immune system or something like that. Wow. So how long back did you realize that um, the importance of, of like thinking in your mind and the power that you had rather than just living a normal life in Ohio? Uh, this all began like pretty much my freshman year of high school. I mean, that's when I started digging into conspiracy. I mean, I'd always been like an atheist and I had always been like a very rational person. I was like getting straight A's and I played football. I was doing all the normal things. And, um, you know, I thought the Bible was a fairy tale and I was just like obsessed with Stephen Hawking. I was like, you know, I thought I was so smart, but, 
because people would try preaching religion to me, I'd be like, dude, that's, you know, that's so ridiculous. But, um, I forget exactly what the triggers were, but, you know, at one point I watched this movie called Zeitgeist and Mm -hmm. then, you know, my friend showed me the Denver airport conspiracy and then like, it was just too much stuff. And then, you know, I started to connect dots in my head and I, I started to, you know, I just started to think differently. It was just like a natural awakening. I didn't really control those events. And yeah. so then I, then I became obsessed with the idea of being somebody who would, you know, tell this to the world, I guess. Now, what year around was that? That was literally around 2012. Got you, got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, Um. I mean, speaking of zeitgeist, I, I got into conspiracy theories probably maybe like 2000... 2004 when uh loose change came out um when when 9-11 happened i was a sophomore in high school so i was i was very capable of understanding what was going on and the changes that came after that and then when i seen that uh documentary came out i think i even bought it on ebay dude how how crazy is that because there, yeah, it, it wasn't as like the internet is now. You can't just go to YouTube or whatever and watch it. I actually bought the physical disc, and um, I know that there's a lot of debunkings and and things like that. But that was just the my intro into that sort of realm. And ever since then, I I'm not the one to like question everything, but I'm not the one to just take everything for face value. You yeah. Know? Um, even being big in 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 the my business and marketing and things like that and uh i understand where a lot of these um you know conspiracies how it would make sense to me as far as like a manipulation wise mm-hmm. and dude ever ever since then i've just been doing my uh my youtube searches and some nights i'll just stay up late and uh you know zone away but it's kind of always a hard subject for me to talk to other people about because dude their guards are so high up and mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I understand it with the whole 9-11 conspiracy but i mean that's the best way to make a conspiracy work is to do something that will make it even taboo to question it you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh it's it's hard to break down those walls so what what kind of what kind of strategies are you working towards to help people break down those walls that they might have built in their head of this is what it is, this is reality, and you're crazy? Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to fight against those those walls. You know, their, their ego uh, defense mechanisms, like the ego doesn't want to have his world destroyed. You know, he's the ego lives in fear. But... Um, I guess what I like to call it is just deprogramming. Like I said, I just start off with a little nugget of information that's real and you eventually, you know, you connect it to more dots and you drag it all the way until it's very fringe. But it's like, by the time you get to that point, you've seen too much to go back. You know, if you show someone the truth, they can't really, I don't know. I mean, some people will deny it until the day they die. You know, that's just how they're built. But I mean, I'm honestly not really here for the people that have their guard up. You know, I'm here for people that are already asking questions and already have some ideas kind of all spread apart. And I'm just trying to connect those for people. You know, it's like, how does the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot relate to freaking, you know, UFOs and, you know, Illuminati? Like, are all these things separate subjects? Are they all real? Are some of them fake? Do they all connect? You know, and I'm kind of like 
trying to be the middleman for some people. Got it. So let's go ahead and middleman uh, aliens. What what are your thoughts on that? I honestly think that they're not really from space. I think that they've always been here, and that they're. Just, I think they're more like interdimensional beings, and that they might live in those different layers of the Earth, or just like maybe some realms higher above us. But it's not necessarily space. It's just another dimension. And like I said, I think they've always been here, but I think they show themselves more when the world is going through like transitionary phases. And so we're entering another transitionary phase. So I think we're about to see a lot more paranormal stuff. Hence why people are starting to open their minds more. Hmm. Now, speaking of paranormal, have you ever had any experiences with any, any uh, ghosts? Yeah, kind of, kind of a decent amount. I mean, there was one time I saw something in my own house and, but that wasn't like a super huge, that wasn't like, I don't know, it was just really weird, but yeah. I still know to this day if it was really real, but back in, when I was in like eighth grade, me and my friends were playing with the Ouija board, and I don't know if it was like some psychological trick of the mind or something like that, but I could swear that my friend got possessed, and that house is like extremely haunted, and like I'm back home right now, like I'm, I'm going to be here for two months, and like I pass that house all the time when I'm going places, and um, it's just weird to look at it like... My dad told me that it's always up for sale. Like people don't stay there for like more than a year. And like one time, like after high school, me and all my friends, like we met back up there again because um, his parents owned it for a while longer and just kept renting it out to people. And like we went there and it was just like super creepy. Like there was a chair in the garage with two spotlights pointing at it. And they there was like all these scratches on the post, like the post to the stairs there was like some really weird shit. And so we went downstairs and when we did the Ouija board, like forever ago, the demon's name was supposedly DW. Uh-huh. And so we wrote, we wrote fuck DW on the wall and chalk. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, we came back the next day and there was a hole punched in that wall. I swear. Whoa. And like that house is just super, that house is just super strange, dude. And there's nobody was living there at that time or had access to it. That was the time when people were, people had moved out and we were just like going back, uh, like his parents were there just like, you know, getting it ready for someone else to move in or something like that. But we just had access to the house. And so we wanted to go just explore the basement where it all, where it all started. Wow. And apparently my friend, he says to this day, he still sees DW. It, it looks like Slender Man. <laughs> he said it's like this tall, he doesn't have like tentacles or anything, but he says it's like this tall dude with like a, like a hat. And it's just a shadow. And this was before Slender Man was even popular. Yeah. And the tall, the tall man with the hat is like kind of a common theme, it seems like, in like hmm. ghost stories. Really? Yeah. You can find lots of stories about tall the tall man, I guess. Dude, that's crazy. I've been listening to this podcast. It's called Spooked. And um, they, have, uh, they have people that will come on and tell their stories about whatever experiences they had. And it's their firsthand experience. And uh, I probably listened to maybe like a hundred episodes already. I listened to them all, and there's no doubt in my mind that uh, that ghosts are real. Yeah. Um. The, if there's any ghosts listening right now, just know that I respect you, and <laughs> I, I don't need to see you. Uh, I just I understand that you're around, but uh. <laughs> right. Uh. So. Uh, we're we're kind of coming to the hour. I really want to touch on the randonauts. Um, I know oh, that that's yeah. a project that you're working on. Um, I tried to understand it, but it's it didn't really click to me, uh, especially when you're explaining it 
on the uh, the tinfoil hat i wanted you to dive a little deeper into that to uh show how maybe the listeners could be active in this program so can you uh can you give us a little info on that please yeah so basically it's just an experiment with breaking determinism like and determinism is the philosophy that everything since the beginning of the universe has been set in stone because it's kind of like a domino effect like you are who you are because your parents who are who they are and you know like there's stuff that happened to your parents that was out of their control that turned them into who they are. And so it's like this big cause and effect chain that can't really be broken no matter what you do. Because like even your your thoughts and your habits are all products of, you know, your entire history of who you are. So when you're making decisions, you might not know this, but you can't really act randomly. There's still programs running in your head that you didn't decide. You know, you don't decide your favorite color. You don't decide your favorite food. You just like certain mm. things more. You don't really know why. But we're theorizing that we can break patterns through using quantum randomness. And so the way to do this is that there's some geniuses behind the scenes that have built a, or they're using a quantum random number generator, and they've somehow, you know, built this bot that uses quantum random numbers and then translates them into coordinates on a GPS. And then you just travel to that place because, you know, that's somewhere you would have never gone. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a, it's a really simple anticlimactic solution to fighting determinism or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of people are experiencing like strange synchronicities or like meaningful coincidences when they get to these spots. And, you know, it just depends on your philosophy or what you believe. But some, like there's a lot of people that have written articles about us saying people are breaking the simulation by using quantum randomness, which you know, that's not really what they're aiming to do, but I like that metaphor because it's, it's you know, it's cool. Like, yeah, it, it, could, it could, in my head, potentially make sense that that's what we're doing, you know. And so all of this is uh, documented on the Instagram. I keep seeing a lot of pictures. Uh, I'm assuming it's people, they're submitting them. Yeah, yeah. Got you. Yeah, so the last one, um, the last one that was really cool that um, someone just found was someone literally found, you know, a sign that said portal. At their, at their location, and, like, we were always joking that, oh, we're traveling the multiverse, you know, because we're using quantum coordinates, you know, that's literally, a, in a sense, it's a different timeline, you know, you're branching off your regular timeline into a different world, so, like, people are exploring the multiverse in a way, and, um, you know, so we make jokes that we're going through portals and stuff, and someone literally found a sign that said portal. Wow, that's wild, dude. Um, have you done it yet? Yeah, I, I, I do it kind of often. Wow. Okay. So how far are these locations from you? Or can you put like something within a certain mile range of you? Or do you got to just travel yeah. out? Yeah, you can set your radius to a 1000 meters, 2000 meters, 3000 meters, whatever you want. No shit, dude, I'm trying this. So how how easy is it for somebody like, after they listen to this podcast to go do it? What What would be the steps? Just go to bot.randonauts.com and then you'll be you'll have direct access to the bot. So uh randonauts, R-A-N-D-O-N-A-U-T-S. Bot.randonauts.com? Yes. That's R-A-N-D-O-N-A-U-T-S, yeah. Awesome, man. I'm I'm definitely gonna try that out and hopefully we find something cool. But Nick, dude, I really, really appreciate your time, man. Um yeah. Having me on. When I was listening to uh, the tinfoil hat, I was like, dude, can you just let him talk a little bit? I want to hear. <laughs>
<laughs> I want to hear a little more, man. So I'm really, really glad I got you on here. Uh, before we get out of here, is uh, can you let people know where they can find you at and uh, how they can contact you if they want to go ahead and pick up your book? Yeah, just N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N on Instagram and Twitter. And you can just send me a direct message on um, Twitter or Instagram, and I'll give you the details of how to get the book. I'm just doing it through PayPal currently, trying to get a real store set up in the near future so I don't have to do it all myself because this like I'm getting hundreds of messages from people that don't want to talk about the book, hundreds of messages from people that do want the book, and it's just like that's part of that overwhelmingness. So I need to figure out a more efficient way, but that's how I'm currently doing it. And I do have a website, which you can just find in you know my Twitter's bio, and that's probably where the store will be once I get it set up. So now, do you have physical books in stock right now? Yeah. Do you want me to go grab one? Uh, yeah, if you can, let me. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right back. I'll just show you what it looks okay, like. Okay, sweet. Guys, um, make sure you check out his uh his Instagram page, but for sure the Twitter. Um, if you're like me, if you're interested in this alternative thinking, you know, uh, whenever people talk about conspiracy theories, it's always something like 9-11, JFK, or something like that, which all of those are um, important things to look at. It's, uh, it's really cool to see some of these threads and just see how Nick actually breaks them down. And uh, the thought that he puts into them, it, it's very... Um, it's very noteworthy for sure. And that's why I was glad to have you on, Nick, is because um, you I, I can see that you're putting a lot of work into this and, you know, not getting anything out of it besides, you know, these opportunities to be on podcasts or to sell the book or anything like that. And it, it takes a lot of work to just keep throwing it out there and hopefully something comes out of it. So from uh, yeah. from like a, a hustler standpoint, man, I, I, I commend you a lot on that. Thank you, man. Yeah, so, been, <laughs> it has been kind of a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. the, it's the only it's the only work I would ever want to do, though. You know what I mean? So I can't complain about it at all. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a look at at this book. Sweet, and it is there a. Go and then. Got you. Okay. See that? Yeah, I'm actually gonna pick one up. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and end the podcast pretty soon, and then uh. I'll get your uh, get your PayPal because I, I want to get one, man. I'm I'm super excited in this, and I I want to see your growth, man. I'm excited because a lot of the people that are in this space, they don't seem normal. You're you're pretty much the easiest way to digest this information because sometimes I'll watch videos <laughs> on YouTube or something, and you're like, dude, why are you why are you putting this music behind it, or why are you right, talking? This dude's too out there. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem normal, and then I don't even know who I'm listening to. I don't know what what this guy, uh, what, what this guy's motive is, but uh, I'm excited. Right, yeah, and the creepy, creepy music stuff is just corny. Like one of my <laughs> goals, one of my goals with this is to also not make it terrifying. Like people are like scared when they hear these theories. Yeah, like, dude, does that mean like they're gonna come after me? It's like just relax, man. Like I don't know. The world is a dark and scary place, and it's always been. But like the point of being aware isn't to drive yourself crazy it's to make yourself better i think that there's a lot of you know there's a lot of positive things that come out of acknowledging the darkness in the world i think that's how you become a fuller person you know it's that but it's not all scary it's like 
I'm trying to figure out a good way to put this, but it's kind of like shadow work. I don't know if you're familiar with Carl Jung or psychology, but it's like facing your own shadow, and that's how you become the fuller version of yourself. You know, a tree cannot grow to heaven unless its roots reach down into hell. You have to go through stuff to, you know, to be the best version of yourself. So I think that's kind of part of it. You're just stretching your brain. You're becoming a better thinker. You're, you're, ha- you're building your imagination, and that's how all good things are made. Everything starts off as an idea. So you have to have an open mind to create ideas. Dude. I love it. Nick, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best of success. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on here again in the future and uh, talk about your experiences you would had in between then. Definitely, man. Thank you. Of course. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Once again, this is Downtime with Downstar. Make sure you check out Nick. I'm going to have his information below. This is episode 127, and we out. Peace.